I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode 23 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome back. I seriously love joining you every single Monday morning or afternoon on your ride to or from school. And I'm excited for this week's episode because we're gonna go ahead and continue our conversation all about classroom library setup. And maybe you're thinking, hey, it's the end of the year. I'm ready to close the door to my classroom and not think about it until August, which is fine. But if you listened to my episode last week, then you remember me saying that the end of the year is actually the perfect time for you to think about how you want to set up your classroom library for the fall. Because all of the things that worked or didn't work are fresh in your mind. And now is the time for you to make a plan for how you want to set your library up next year. Not only can you put your library away for the summer using the same organizational method that you plan on using in the fall, but you really can take time to reflect and think about what worked and what didn't work. And I know this last year with COVID and distance learning, you might think that there are a lot of things that didn't work, but that's okay. Even if you know what didn't work, you can start to think about what you want to change, what you'd like to do more of, how you need to change your system to make it more effective for you and your students this next year. And really, when you're thinking about how to set up your classroom library, there are two things that you need to consider. You need to think about how are you going to set up the physical environment of your library, and this goes beyond how you're going to organize your books, and then how are you going to introduce that physical environment of your classroom library to your students? Both are equally important, and we're going to cover both of those topics in today's episode. So let's go ahead and jump right in. First of all, there are some key things beyond organizing the books, that you really need to consider and plan for when you're setting up your classroom library. I think it is really important that you come up with some color-coded system that you can use to label both your books 
as well as the shelves and sections of your library. And the reason why I say come up with a color-coded system, because it's easy for students. Students can easily match the colors of the books to the sections they belong to in the library. So not only is it going to be easier for them to find the exact books that they want to read, but it's going to be easier for them to return them. And having a system that works where students know how to return the books is just as important. There's a bunch of ways that you could do this. You could come up with a color-coded sticker that goes across the spine of the book. You could put a sticker or a label on the cover of the book. You could put something on the inside front cover of the book. Really, you could put it anywhere. I would encourage you to either use some sort of color-coded system or something that has icons or emojis or some very clear visual label that this book belongs in this section. This book belongs in the A section. It belongs in the sports section. It belongs in the historical fiction section. However you organize your library, because then students can look in the library and they can say, you know what? I love historical fiction books. Those are purple. I'm going to go to the purple section. And it's just really easy for them to find. But then, like I said, equally important, if they can just quickly match the colors or the symbols when they're returning books, that is critical as well. So take some time right now and think about how are you going to label the books as well as the shelves and sections of your library? Now, the other thing that you want to think about is how you're going to place the books on the shelves. And my personal recommendation is that you place books on the shelves with the spines facing out versus using bins. And I've done them both ways. I would say that this is a personal preference, but also, like I've said, learning through experience that I think that this is the preferred method. And the reason why is that if books are on shelves with the spines out, students can easily see every book that is available to them. This is going to help them find a book more quickly, but it's also going to help them see everything that's available. If you decide to use bins to store your books, then students really only see the first few books at the front of the bin. And let's be honest, the bins end up getting really messy because students don't ever take the time to actually pull the bin all the way out to look for the books or return them. And so it ends up being a bit of an organizational mess. If you already have bins or if you prefer to use bins, that's okay. I would just make sure that you teach your students how to use bins. You might have to have a small table or a shelf in your library and show your students how to take the entire bin out and flip through all of the books versus just looking through the bins on the shelves. Or you might want to have a designated or library organizer to help return the books or the bins to the library so it stays organized. Making sure that your library stays organized is critical to the success. But like I said, I prefer to place books on the shelves with the spines out, not only because I think it works better, but also, again, this is how most of our bookstores and libraries are organized in real life. And anytime that we can mirror the reading experiences our students have in the classroom with that of real life, just the better it is. So again, think about how are you going to place the books on the shelves? I suggest spines out. But if you have bins, think about how you're going to keep those bins organized. Another thing that you want to think about is inventorying all of your books according to your organizational system. So if you listened to my episode last week, you know that I suggested organizing your library by genre. You could also do it alphabetical. You could do it by topic. There's many different ways you could do it. But once you have figured out how you're going to organize your books, you really want to sit down and inventory all of the books according to that system. Now, this maybe seems like it's a lot of work, and it is. But you guys, it's also really helpful. Ideally, you could make a spreadsheet that has the book title, the author, the genre, the reading level, 
if it's a part of a series, what topic it's associated with. And when you organize it with all of these details, you have now created a searchable tool that you or your students can use to look up books, which is fantastic. Because again, if we think about real life, you could go to a Barnes & Noble, you could ask somebody, do you have a book on, fill in the blank, they type it into their computer, and they can let you know right away, oh yeah, here are all the books we have on basketball, or here's all the cookbooks we have by this author. The same thing at a library, you can go to the library and search their system for specific books. So if you could possibly take the time to inventory all of your books, create a spreadsheet that has not just the author and the title, but also the genre, the topic, all of those things, you're going to create a really awesome search tool that your students can use. This can be really helpful also for you to see what genres and topics you need to order for your classroom library, because let's be honest, all of our libraries have deficiencies. And so if you inventory all of your books, you're going to instantly know where you need to get more books, which genres, what topics your students like to read that you don't have enough of. This spreadsheet is going to be really helpful when you're trying to find that perfect book for your student who's maybe a reluctant reader and hasn't figured out their perfect genre yet. This inventory is also going to be really helpful if you decide later on that you want to reorganize your library in the future. Because now you can go into that spreadsheet and you can resort it by the columns and you have all of your books for your sports topics or your school topics or your science topics. And it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to reorganize it if you decide your current system isn't going to work. This can also be really helpful for you to discover how many books of the same title you have. I once realized that I had seven copies of Owl Moon by Jane Yolen in my classroom. Now, I love this book, and I think it is a good idea to have multiple copies of the same book, but seven might be a little excessive. And if you realize how many titles you have, when you see that book pop up on the dollar deal in the Scholastic Book Order, you can pass because you know you already have three or four in your library, and that is enough, and you can spend that dollar on another dollar deal book. Creating an inventory of all your books is really helpful, but I also know that it might take a lot of time, which is why this is a good task that you could possibly outsource to a volunteer. Maybe you could ask a parent to come in at the start of the year when you're setting up and inventory your books, or if you have any former students who are in middle school or high school and they have service hours, this is also a great task for them. Or I know I always had teachers' students that would come to my classroom at the beginning of the year when their moms are setting up their classroom and say, do you have any jobs for us? Is there anything we can help you with? As long as they can type and they can figure out the author title, all of that stuff, this would be a great job for them to do. And once you have that inventory, you can create some sort of system that allows your students to search for books. And again, the whole goal of why we have libraries is we want our students to find the perfect books. And so I would encourage you, take the time either now at the end of the year or over the summer and inventory all of the books that you have. Hey, teachers, I'm going to go ahead and take a wild guess and say many of you are already planning for the upcoming school year. You may be scrolling through Pinterest looking for fresh and fun reading lesson ideas, or maybe you're spending more of your own money on fluffy resources that won't actually pay off. Hashtag teacher life, right? Well, I've been there, and that's why I have a better idea for you. Enter the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership. My membership is a resource library that will totally transform the way you teach reading. With an extensive resource library, planned lessons, coaching support, and an incredible community, you'll never waste time searching for ways to enrich your reading block again. Doors are open July 12th and will only be open for one week. Head to stellarteacher.com slash waitlist for more details. 
I'll see you on the inside. And hey, until then, get out there and enjoy your summer. Another thing that you want to think about, and I see this a lot in classrooms, but sometimes we don't always think about the intention behind it, but you want to create a space in your library for featured books. This is important, especially if you set up your library with spines out. Because if your library is set up where all students see are the spines, they are missing out on seeing the cover of the book. And the reality of it is, is the cover of books really draw students in. So even if your library is set up with spines out, figure out a space, whether it's on top of the bookshelves or if you have a, you know, one of those little spinny things that books can sit in a bookshelf or something on the wall where students can display with the covers, you want to have some space where you can display some covers of some books. Now, I realize obviously we don't have room to show all of the covers, but if you can have a featured book section, then you can be intentional about regularly showing students the cover of some books. Like I said, it doesn't really matter how you set up this display. You just want to make sure that students can see the cover of some of the books. I like having a featured book section in my library, and I use it in a couple different ways. You could use this featured book section to highlight books from different genre each month. So maybe you do a genre study each month, and whatever your genre is, you show books from that month. So maybe one month you're highlighting historical fiction books. The next month you're highlighting science fiction books. Maybe the next month you're highlighting poetry books or biographies. So you could use the featured book section to highlight genres. You could use the featured book section to highlight books from an author study. I love using author studies. So if you're in the middle of like a Patricia Polacco or a Jacqueline Woodson author study, put all of the books in the authored study in your featured book section. It just reminds students that, hey, we've studied this author and I should read those books. You could also use the featured book section to show books that students have shared a book talk on. You could show books that are related to current events, seasons, or holidays. They could be books that classmates have recently read and loved, or they could even be books that are brand new to your classroom. Really, a featured book section can be used for anything, but there are a few things that you want to do if you really want to get the most out of it. First of all, if you're going to have a featured book section in your library, you really need to commit to changing out those featured books every two to three weeks. Because if you set up a set of featured books where students can see the covers, but you never change them, you're going to not get the benefit out of it. And you might as well just only have your library with spines out. I like to say change out the featured books every two weeks or so. You want them to be up there long enough so students can regularly see them. And if they decide to check them out, they get a chance to you know grab them if somebody else does. But you don't want them up there too long where they kind of just blend in. So you want to make sure that you are constantly exposing new books to the students in the featured book section because that trains our students to look at those titles and consider reading them. You also want to consider incorporating some sort of written description or explanation as to what the display is so students know why those books are featured. If they are from a specific genre, then type something up that says, here's historical fiction books. If they are books from an author study, say, here are some of our favorite Patricia Polacco books or whatever they are. If they are student recommendations, then let the students write up a specific description that you can put next to that book. But if it's just a bunch of covers and students don't know why they're being displayed, they're not going to understand why they should consider reading them. So I think if possible, obviously have some sort of title. These are all books from the same genre or all books from the same author study or whatever it is. But also, you want to consider including a student testimonial. I kind of think of it as you want to set it up similar to the wine section at the grocery store. 
At least in Texas, the HEB, which was my favorite grocery store, they always had what they called their primo picks in the wine section. And this is where staff members would share their favorite wine and explain why they loved it. And they would have a little blurb that says, you know, very fruity, pairs well with chocolate or steak or whatever it is. But it was written by a staff member in their language. And really, we want to do the same thing for our students, obviously not with wine, but with the books. You want to make sure that if your students have read a book or given a book talk, let them say why they loved it. When our students can use their language, it's going to connect more with their classmates. The whole point of the featured book section is to encourage and entice students to read those books, which is why we want to constantly change the display and have some sort of written card or title next to the book so students know what it is. Now, another thing that you want to think about when setting up the environment of your library is to include key anchor charts or posters that are relevant to your library. I like to include posters for all of the reading genres, so that way students are constantly seeing what the genres are and they might consider if they like them or not. I also like to include word wall cards that explain important words that are critical to books to remind them what an author is, what a title is, what a series is, what an illustrator is. Even in upper elementary, especially if you have ELL students, you might have students that don't really understand what a book series is, or they might have forgotten what does the word illustrator mean. And if you can have a word wall in your library with some of these key library terms, your students will easily be able to reference it and remind themselves and not have to go on either not knowing or feel embarrassed to ask those questions. So consider putting a word wall in your library with key library terms. You also might want to create an anchor chart that explains where and how students can find the books in your library. If your library has a color-coded system, create a chart that shows them what do all the red books stand for? What are the purple books? What are the yellow books? If you use symbols or if it's organized by genre, just make sure that your students understand how the library is organized and an anchor chart can be really helpful of that. You also might want to include a visual that's going to help students understand how your library works. So for example, if there are certain days that students can check out books or when the books have to be returned or how they get returned or if they can go search for books in a spreadsheet or if you have any sort of checkout check-in system, Make sure that's explained in a visual. Even if you do a lesson on it, students might forget. And if there is important information that they have to know on how to use your library, make sure it is displayed in a poster. The whole point of creating an anchor chart is so that information becomes anchored. Students can refer back to it after you initially teach it. So just think, what do my students need to know in order to be successful in the library? And then create some sort of visual for that. Okay, I just talked about all of the things that you should consider when actually creating the physical environment in your library. So think about how you're going to label the books in your shelves. Think about how you're going to place the books on the shelves, and I'd strongly encourage spines out. You want to think about inventorying all of the books according to your organizational system. You want to think about how are you going to create a space for featured books. And then you want to think about what anchor charts or posters you're going to include in your actual library. Now that you have a really good vision or idea for the physical environment, let's talk about how you're going to introduce that space to your students. Now, most teachers will spend at least one, maybe two days, introducing the classroom library to their students during their launch of reading workshop. And if you're not familiar what that is, the launch of reading workshop is the first three weeks of school. And rather than jumping into content right away and start teaching the standards and the skills, you're going to spend time establishing routines and expectations and making sure your students have habits and behaviors that are going to help them be successful readers this year. And we're going to talk a lot about how to launch Readers Workshop later this summer. So if that sounds new to you, 
Make sure you tune in to all of my summer episodes because we're going to be covering that. But some of the lessons that you include during this launch should be centered around your classroom library. Sometime during the first two weeks, you probably want to do a mini lesson or two that's going to introduce your classroom library to your students. You want to make sure that your students understand from the very beginning how your classroom is organized, when they can check out books, how long they can keep those books, when and how they should return the books, and how long should they take to actually browse or look for books. Because I know, I'm sure you know too, you're going to have a student who will spend the entire 45 minutes of independent reading searching for that perfect book. So make sure they know that they have 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it is. Just make sure they know that. All of these objectives that I just listed are going to be necessary for your students to be successful using your classroom library. But in addition to those very basic things that I listed, you also need to plan on doing a mini lesson for every single element that I previously mentioned in this episode. If your books are placed on shelves with their spines out, do a mini lesson to explain to your students why they are set on the shelves in that way and how students can use that system to find the exact book they want and to return the books to their exact location. If you use bins to store your books, take time to teach your students how to pull the bin all the way out, how to carefully flip through the entire bin before just taking the book at the front of the bin. If you have a featured book section, explain to students what that section is, why it's important, how often you're going to change it, and how it can help them as a reader. And explain to them how they could get a book on the featured book section. Students oftentimes want to have their work featured, and if they know that they could do a book recommendation or a book talk and get a book featured in the featured book section, make sure they understand that. If you took the time to create an inventory of a spreadsheet of all the books that you have and it's accessible to your students, show them how to use it. If you have anchor charts or posters or labels or word walls or whatever you actually posted in your library, even if it's inspirational posters, explain to students why those things are posted and how it's going to help them. If you have a book hospital or a book review section or a request list or whatever other element you've decided to include in your library, make sure you take the time to actually teach your students what it is and how to use it. And here's the thing that I've realized, and I was guilty of this too. So often as teachers, we will post things in our classrooms and assume our students understand and know what it is and why it's important. But you guys, we have to remember that they're kids, that they have a third and fourth and fifth grade brain, that they have not been the ones setting up classroom libraries for years, and they don't understand the best practices. And they might not have an idea on why we are displaying books at the top of our shelves and changing them out every few weeks. Or they might not even realize, because they are oblivious to stuff sometimes, they might not even realize that there is a poster in your library that explains how to check out books. And maybe they don't even know the process of returning books or the color-coded system. So we have to teach all of it to them. Never assume anything. Always make sure you make time to teach it. I would say a good rule of thumb is whatever element you plan on adding to your library, plan at least one lesson to explain it. Now, here's the thing. They don't all need to happen during that first week because I understand really at some point we have to get to the content and we can't spend all of our reading lessons teaching our students habits and behaviors or how to use the library. But we also need to realize that if we want our students to effectively use the library, we need to effectively teach them how to do so, which means having conversations and teaching about it even beyond the first week of school. Whenever you have a few extra minutes in your day or when you get to November and you realize your students 
aren't using the library how it's supposed to, plan to do a mini lesson or even once a month, plan to do a lesson on how to use the library and get the most out of it. I know that this episode was jam-packed with tons of ideas and suggestions. And I also know that sometimes when you hear a bunch of new ideas, it can feel like your to-do list is impossible. And so here's my suggestion to you. If everything I shared today is new to you, then pick just one thing to try next year with your classroom library. And maybe after a few months that you've nailed that one thing, add something else in. One of the things that I absolutely love about teaching is that we are constantly having the opportunity to grow and develop and improve. And if we have our entire careers to do so, don't be in a rush. I know that as we wrap up this year and we get into the summer season of trying to find all the ideas and do all of the things, it can feel overwhelming. So let me just remind you, you have plenty of time to create the classroom library of your dreams. Pick one thing and commit to doing it well this next year. And as always, I would love to hear from you. I would love it if you reached out to me on Instagram to let me know what resonated with you from this episode. And if you don't already follow me, I am at the Stellar Teacher Company, and I can't wait to hear how you plan on setting up your classroom library next fall. Have a great week, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.